Hello and welcome to another episode of Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news and gossip. I'm Marnie Dixit and I'm ridiculously sick of lockdown and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Sam Rose. Hi there, I, I, I share that feeling. And Steph Nuzzo. Hi, I actually love lockdown. I want to stay here forever. Like I have no issues with it at all. <laughs> Excellent. Well, don't read the news totally today. Don't read the news today. All right, coming up, we've got an update of this week's news, not including the lockdown news, because you can read that yourselves, uh, including all the goss from the reality TV world, the sad passing of a fan favourite star, is it worth it, and heaps more. So stay tuned. But right now, let's get into your pop fix, where we fill you in on everything that's happened in the entertainment world this week. Do you have a tiger-shaped hole in your heart? <laughs> Or do you miss the Carol Baskin TikTok dances? Oh my god, that just reminded me of... <laughs> oh shit. No, when it's in my head, I can't get it out. Carol it's Baskin. been in my head all day. <laughs> Killed it all day. I can't convince me that it didn't happen. Anyway. Here we go. Well, stop now. Oh fuck, Kieran's going to hate me. <laughs> Well, get ready, all you cool cats and kittens, because I have good news for you. Tiger King 2 is premiering November 17, and that is not that far away. So the sequel docuseries picks up sometime after Tiger King Joe Exotic is imprisoned, despite his legal team's very confident attempt to get a last-minute presidential pardon as Trump was wrapping up his term. So Joe is currently serving a sentence of 22 years for attempting a murder-for-hire plot against Carol Baskin, plus 17 other crimes of animal abuse. Netflix has released an announcement, but not much is known about the series other than they claim the first series barely scratched the surface and its sequel promises more madness and mayhem and I don't understand how because the first series focused on a murder plot. (laughs) What do you think? It was pretty chill. (laughs) Yeah, okay, no. all right. <laughs> so get ready for that. I, Are you excited? I'm I, I'm excited to see what happens because obviously it does feel like the story kind of got wrapped up pretty well, but I did see some funny um, tweets being like, dang, has this pandemic really been going on so long? We've reached season two of Tiger King. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> Is this Joe's way of telling us we're going to have another COVID lockdown? Tiger King was literally the only good thing that came out of the first one. And then, can we be locked down again for this? I feel it serves it best serves the experience. And then there's Carol Baskin describing it as a reality show dumpster fire. Mm. Okay. Yep. Well, I don't think she's very happy because she got a lot of like death threats the last series, so she's probably going to get even more. Well, she did kill her husband, whacked him. I have not seen the first one still. What? The fuck? what? What? I know. What? I know. What? But you knew the, the song. I did. That I mean, <laughs> it's very catchy. Yeah. Look, I don't know. I um. Death. What do you mean you don't know? You were in America. In I know. Lockdown. I was in That's like the, the big prime lockdown. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um. I have no excuse. I I don't know what is wrong with me. I just didn't do it. Would you it. like to leave right now and go watch it? Or Yes, please. Okay, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> no, I don't know. I just didn't get into it. Anyway, so I guess I better watch it before the um, second one comes out. Or maybe I'll just miss this well, one too. I mean, 
No, you need it no. for life. I, yeah. I, 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 you can't graduate into the next. I can't graduate lockdown. Time of COVID. Mm. Yeah, you need to watch it like now. Yeah, I know. Tonight, it's mandatory. You get your vaccine and you watch Tiger King. Yes. Okay, that's okay. the rules. All my roommates watched it. I, I just don't know where what? I was in my room. I don't know what I was doing. Stephanie, I. I'm so very, sorry. Now you know how I feel all this. the time about you not watching anything. Yeah, but that's different, man. <laughs> Money is this not is different. the whole world being locked down at the same time and all of us watching Tiger King together oh, on our couches okay. at Some the same unity. time. Some unity in the it's madness. It's not going to be the same now, Steph. I shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> well, I don't know if this story is going to make you guys feel any better, but... um. I really don't have a nice intro for this because it's, it's bizarre. So there will be an animated Super Mario Brothers movie, even though I don't think anyone wanted one, especially after the disastrous 90s live action movie. So to add to the bizarreness of this upcoming film, which I think is going to be released in 2022, uh, we know who's going to be in it. So First up, we have the Italian plumber Mario, who will be played by the one and only Chris. A Pratt. proud Italian man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I personally, I had no idea. <laughs> um, the other Mario brother, uh, Luigi, will be played by Charlie Day. I don't know who that is. Is he from Parks he's, and Rec as well? No. It's Always Sunny? One of those shows. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Uh, he plays an insane character. Uh, I d- he's the one in, in the photo the where the guy's like brainstorming and he's like hands in the air, yes. right? Yeah. In the meme. Yeah. The meme. yeah. Okay. And then we have Anna Taylor-Joy who plays Peach. Which I actually think Bowser is kind will- of perfect if she was like in a live action version. Don't you think she kind of looks like Peach? Oh yeah, she kind of looks like Peach. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Uh, then we have Bowser who will be voiced by Jack Black, which I don't hate. Like... I don't, I don't know. It's Jack Black. Like, uh, you can't really hate it's him that right. much, can you? Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Toad, who will be voiced by Keegan-Michael Love. Key. And then Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. That makes um, sense in my mind. Somewhat. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Right? But yeah. the thing we need to remember is we don't really hear these characters speak. So, but it, it just, Chris Pratt feels very wrong. So, as you can imagine... People are pissed that the Italian brothers are being played by non-Italian actors. But don't worry, because we do have a clip to play, which should ease <laughs> your concern. Let's have a listen. It's a me, a Mario. That's not the voice. You'll have to wait to hear the voice. Oh, okay, yes. I totally lied all, to you. <laughs> all concerns are eased. <laughs> Just like that. This <laughs> is giving me flashbacks to Silencio Bruno. <laughs> which I equally fucking hated. It really bothers me. But anyway. Yeah. I saw someone write on Twitter, if Chris Pratt can be Mario, then this can happen. And then they shared a photo of Jason Momoa and Kirby next to each other. <laughs> and then another person was like, the Mario movie just isn't realistic. How is Peach supposed to be in love with Chris Pratt when Jack Black is right there? Yeah. yeah fair. And then the best one. I'm honestly pretty fucking pissed that Chris Pratt is playing Mario when they could have given representation to an actual Italian-American actor like Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
man. And the the funny thing about this is I actually have no idea what the film is going to be about. No clue. Because all the news is about the very awful decision to go with these actors. Some people did point out the fact that Chris Pratt did voice Emmett in the Lego movie and some are like, well, maybe it won't be that bad. But he was a Lego. I know, I know, I know. But I I really, I actually don't think I care that much because I don't think it's something I'll go out of my way to watch Mm. unless... Everyone starts talking about it, Tiger King style, but we know that won't convince Steph. Absolutely so, not. <laughs> I Steph's just not watching. I this. just hate when it's like they. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll have just American accents, but I'm like, if you're meant to have an accent, but it's like it's so the character. It's part of right. Yeah, it's yeah, part of Mario it's a me. They have. The, <laughs> yeah, it's a me, Chris Pratt. <laughs> no, it's Steph, just. Can you give us our be- like your best? Uh, Mario. Yeah. I mean, I can try. Go. Yeah. <laughs> it's a me, Mario. <laughs> yes. I just love the sounds that they all make in the games. Like, woohoo! Like, it's, a, it's a really traditional Italian they really sound. Cast you two. I know. You two got, got this down. Elon Musk and Grimes are semi-separated guys, whatever the hell that means, after three years together with the billionaire confirming the news himself with Page Six last week. The pair is apparently on good terms and are co-parenting their son, whose name I'm not even going to try and say. Um, So he said, we are semi-separated but still love each other, see each other frequently and are on great terms. It's mostly that my work at SpaceX and Tesla requires me to primarily be in Texas or travelling overseas and her work is primarily in LA, he added. She's staying with me now and baby X is in the adjacent room. They can't even say their baby's name. That really, to me, sounds like they're fuck buddies. Maybe that's what semi-separated means. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're emotionally separated. separated. At the same room. <laughs> yeah. And then separated at the heads or something. <laughs> anyway, that's just my, that's my thoughts on the matter. Well, they were last seen at the Met Gala. She walked the carpet alone and then he joined her inside. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, it does seem very friendly. Um, I think they attended some other event together recently. I'm not sure, but, um, yeah. Happy? Not happy? Do we care about this split? No. Yeah, same. Uh, I mean, (laughs) she spends a lot of her time defending Elon on, like, from internet trolls who just make videos about him. How dare you say that about my fuck buddy? Yeah! I just... Part of me is not surprised, but part of me is surprised. No, actually, I'm going to say I'm fully surprised because she so wants to go live on Mars with him. Like, they seemed perfect for each yeah, other. Yeah, that could work. Does she? What's her voice sound like? I'm picturing very alien, high-pitched. Does anyone know? No, just very plain Canadian. Oh, that's boring. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint. I'm very disappointed. I'll just move on, I guess. I just wanted to share a little story that I saw on Diplo's Instagram. I don't follow him, but someone at work was like, what the fuck? So I thought I would just share anyway, you know, spread the story. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So he shared a photo of himself in front of a private jet and he wrote, this is the picture I took right before we took off for El Paso for tonight. In midair, our door seal broke and we had to sit with seatbelts on tight so that we didn't get swept out the airlock like Princess Leia in episode eight. Uh, anyway, we're looking what? for a new jet, so trying to make the show a little late, but we didn't die, so that's good news, and we're on track to live and work another day. What the hell? That's, Isn't that that's hectic? That's a lot. Just casually mentioning, I almost got sucked out of an aeroplane. Yeah. I, <laughs> his followers were obviously very shocked, and one person just wrote, 
I don't like this story. (laughs) (laughs) Someone else was like, damn, that's an entrance. And then, of course, many others were just glad that he was okay. But yeah, I just thought I'd share. Bit of a weird one. In devastating news out of Hollywood, it was announced that actor Willie Garson has died at the age of 57. Garson, who is best known for his role of Stanford Blatch in Sex in the City, passed away at his Los Angeles home after a private battle with pancreatic cancer, it has been reported. Garson, who... Very sad. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a very big loss. Yeah. Um, so Garson, he was a single father to a 20-year-old son, Nathan. He was a particularly well-loved member of the um, Sex and the City family and naturally a lot of the tributes have rolled in um, not only about Garson himself but to his son. Sarah Jessica Parker's words in particular, however, have really struck me. I don't know if either of you have seen her her post yet. Um, She waited a few days before making her statement but she posted the following to Instagram over the weekend. She wrote... It's been unbearable. Sometimes silence is a statement of the gravity, the anguish, the magnitude of loss, the magnitude of the loss of a 30 plus year friendship, a real friendship that allowed for secrets, adventure, a shared professional family, truth, concerts, road trips, meals, late night phone calls, a mutual devotion to parenthood and all the heartaches and joy that accompany, triumphs, disappointments, fear, rage and years spent on sets most especially Carrie's apartment, and laughing late into the night as both Stanford and Carrie and Willie and SJ. Willie, I will miss everything about you and replay our last moments together. I will reread every text from you from your final days and put to pen our last calls. Your absence, a crater that I will fill with blessing of these moments and all the ones that are still in recesses yet to surface. My love and deeper sympathies and condolences to you, dear Nathan. You were and are the light of Willie's life and his greatest achievement was being your papa. Yeah. So lovely. I know. It's like when I kind of, I saw that, I was like, oh gosh, like obviously the Sex and the City um, franchise has been like such a long running thing, but you don't really kind of realise just how, I guess, involved in one another's lives. These people have been friends for like so many years now. Um, and I think at first a lot of people were kind of like, why hasn't she said anything? Yeah. It's like, damn, this isn't Which just is like, like... calm down. And it's like it is someone close to her. It's not just someone that she... She doesn't owe anyone yeah, a Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that was really sad. It was. And I think it's really nice that they that she can watch them together still because they have that show together. So she... She can still see them. I I would love that if I could see... You know how everyone had home videos growing mm. up and now it's just videos on yeah. your phone? Like, I kind of miss that aspect of being able to see memories like that. But she can watch that over and over again if she wants yeah. to. Yeah, that's very that's true. Because really he nice. um, obviously started as... Well, uh, featured as one of Carrie's best friends throughout the entire show. And he appeared in both um, Sex and the City films... And he's going to feature in the upcoming revival series, um, just caught in just like that. Has that finished filming yet? Because I saw that he was on set in July. Mm. But I actually don't know. Yeah, I think so. I'm I because I thought that it was it was coming out um, not uh, pretty soon 
ish. Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe it's done then. I could be completely wrong, actually. Like, let's. I have to check that. But um, yeah, I'm 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 not sure. The um the other thing is that also like, while he obviously was a huge member of the Sex and the City cast lineup, he actually had a pretty, you know, he had a a really long running su- successful career. Like I I read in an article from Yahoo actually, Marnie, um, <laughs> that he appeared in some 300 shows and 70 films. So like... Yes. Because I was scrolling through because I was like, I, I, I haven't re- really watched Sex in the City, but I was like, but I, I do know some of his stuff. So I was looking through. He was in a Friends episode. He was the neighbour that tries to get Ross to put in money for the, the guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. so true for the janitor. Yeah, and then he was in janitor, like... Yeah. Um, Fever Pitch, the Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore movie. He was in Freaky Friday. Um, wow. Yeah, like a lot of, um, yeah, they're random ones. But, yeah, he was in a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. So he had quite a career. And, yeah, yeah he's obviously going to be very sorely missed. All right, moving on to Is It Worth It? Sama, what have you been watching lately? So now before uh, I get into this re- review, um, I just want to say don't do what I did. Oh, okay. What 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 is that? I, I binged the entire series aside from one episode um, in one evening. And the series I'm talking about is Squid Game. Um, so there's nine episodes, eight of which I watched in one sitting. And I'm very tired today because oh. of it. So <laughs> Like gotcha. My brain is barely working. Um, so, Squid Game. The series follows Gye Hun, a middle-aged divorced father of one, living with his mother in Seoul, and the pair are barely scraping by. It's clear Gye Hun has a gambling addiction and lives off an allowance his, his struggling mother gives him, uh, despite the fact that he does have a job. Oh, wow. So... Gyehun is at his lowest point after gambling his mother's money. He owes a large amount of uh, debt and he's faced with the likelihood of never seeing his daughter again. But his luck changes when he meets a businessman uh, at a train station who offers him 100,000 won every time Gyehun wins a simple child's game. So after playing this game and winning a lot of money, he's given the opportunity to win even more money by still only playing children's games. And all he has to do is call a number on a business card to compete. Totally not sus and completely normal. (laughs) Is it? A stranger giving you a card at the train station. I don't know about that, but all right. All you have to do is play children's games. I'd be like, "Uh, don't trust that. I'm going to go gamble again. Well, desperate for money, Gyehun calls the number and he's taken away in a van which exhumes gas to knock him out. Uh, and then when he wakes up, step to your face, you're like, this is not good. <laughs> Abort. <laughs> so he wakes up uh, in this giant room full of bunk beds and he finds that he's one of 456 people who are all there to compete in the games. Now, there's a disturbing and deadly twist to these games, and I will leave it at that. Oh, my God, he's in the Hunger Games. Basically. It kind of has been compared to that. And the the director and writer of this show, Juan Donquillot, does not like that because he's been been doing this for a long time. 
No, not your <laughs> fault at all. Because I thought the same thing. Um, but anyways, so if this doesn't sound enticing enough, then trust me when I say that every single actor in the show is incredible, aside from several American actors oh. who pale in comparison. <laughs> like, why did they try? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so... The storyline, while disturbing, has precious moments of kindness and humour which makes you forget about all the horror that you're watching. I don't and think so. I'll watch the trailer and I don't know if I would forget. Yeah, it, kind of, <laughs> it does take you out of it, though. And then you're like, oh, that's right. Oh, <laughs> we're in the Not Hunger Games. <laughs> so the writing is very clever because each episode you're introduced to a, a Korean children's game until the final game, which is, of course, Squid Game. Oh, and of with course. those games. Squid Game. Well, yeah. See, you learn a little bit about these games and, and in turn a little bit about Korean culture as well. Yeah, so cool. it's it's kind of wonderful in a in a sense. Um and there's also one character who emigrated to Korea, which is very clever uh storyline and very clever way to to show your skill at writing characters because there are moments when he speaks in a very formal tone, clearly learning the language still, or there are times he's never heard of a particular game. And it's very small, but beautiful details like that, where you're like, Oh, let's see what's happening here. And, um, I also have to mention how beautiful the set and scenery is because the show centers around children's games. Everything is so bright and beautiful. And something our producer Casey said while watching it was it was like horror and broad daylight. Ooh. And it had that feeling that Midsummer gave you. Have you both oh, seen it? Yeah. No, I have not. Oh, Steph, don't watch it. I don't. I'm not <laughs> going don't do to. It. I'm enjoying <laughs> this episode where I have seen things that Steph has not. <laughs> okay. Well, it will be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually would not even recommend it, to be honest. So. I wouldn't stress. <laughs> so every because everything's so bright, it should be fun, but it's not. And instead of seeing horrific things play out like you usually do, like in the shadows or at nighttime, it, and by monsters and ghosts, it's humans and it's in broad daylight and they're doing awful things all for the sake of money. Um, before I wrap up this review... The show's one and only writer and director, which is a huge undertaking, who I mentioned before, Hwan Dong-hyuk, spoke with Variety and he said he wanted to write a story that was an allegory or fable about modern capitalist society, something that depicts an extreme competition, something like the extreme competition of life. But he wanted to use the kind of characters we've all met in real life, and he purposefully chose children's games because they are extremely simple and easy to understand, and that allows the viewers to focus on the characters rather than being distracted by interpreting the rules of the games. So, if you haven't picked up what I'm putting down, 100% this is worth it. With a little disclaimer, the last episode I was not happy with, um, but it does set it up for a sequel. Mm. That's what I'm going to say. Whether or not it happens, that's a whole other story. Cool. I'm intrigued. Sam, have you watched Ted Lasso? No, not at all. That's okay, because Steph is going to fill you in, but it's actually not okay. You should definitely watch it. (laughs) Marty, you have seen everything. (laughs) I don't know what's happened. I am really with it this week, except when we get to Reality Roundup, because I did not watch Mars Singer. (laughs) That's all right. I'll catch you up. Um, yeah, so my latest obsession, which has kind of come off the back of the Emmys, I guess, is 
Ted Lasso. And I wasn't expecting to love this show like I do. Um, it's basically the story of this, you know, American football coach who is very much adored and quite successful in the States. Um, and he's brought over to a an English football club, Richmond, to coach it. And he knows nothing about football, soccer, football, in case people didn't understand what I mean. Um, he knows nothing about the sport. He knows nothing about, like, I don't know, England and the people. <laughs> and really, like, he's he's kind of, it's a bit of a baptism of fire, right? Like, no one likes him. His nickname is literally Wanker when he arrives. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Because he does a bad, bad job. And if you know anything about football fans in the UK, they're pretty intense. That's kind of the nature of um, their fandom. Anyway. I am getting that from the show. Yeah. It's a, it's a whole thing. I'm pretty sure the term hooligans was coined off the back of the behaviour of English football fans. Wow. Mm. Um, anyway, so it stars Jason Sudeikis. And I have to say... There's, I'm not going to give you too too much, give too much away, but in the first season, there are parts of the storyline that seemingly mirror his real life. Yes. <laughs> or what I imagine his real life events have kind of played out to be like. Yeah. And um, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. And it was really emotional to watch. But the thing is, the, the show is really centered on like the premise of like that kindness is really often the most effective approach to take in most situations. And Ted is a very kind person, almost to the point where people are like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why so nice? Um, And it can be a little bit off-putting when you're not used to it. But then when you, I don't know, give it some time and, and let it settle, you just see that it's really beautiful and heartwarming and... I don't know. It just makes you want to be a better person. And I even found that watching it, I'm I'm not watching it thinking that I'm watching Jason Sudeikis act. Mm. I feel like I am watching a new person, Ted Lasso, who I don't know. Yes. And I'm too. like, I'm trying to think like, um, what, what is Jason Sudeikis like in other things? Because I'm like, I, I just don't see, I see the character. Yeah. Yeah. He's very well established. And it, I feel like, I yes, I've met a person. <laughs> yeah. And he personally... Enriches my life. <laughs> wow. It's really dramatic. But um, that's seriously what I think. It's, yeah. I don't know. People agree, though. I saw one tweet thread. It was quite long. But one of the tweets said, Ted Lasso not only gives us hope for the world, but helps heal it. The world as a collective has many things to grieve and process. We're hurting and coping, however poorly, and surviving. But for the moment, we can see how we heal each other. And then she ended it the best way possible by saying, thank you for coming to my TED Talk, which, oh, well that's, done. That's Stunning. I also... Um, oh, two very different pieces of content here. Mm-hmm. I think maybe I'll focus on Ted Lasso for a bit. Yeah, well, I maybe. you need to. Yeah, off the back. It's a kind of good, I don't know, cleansing watch. The other thing, though, about it is that, um, and I'm going to draw a blank on the name of the actress, but there's a character, Rebecca, she's the head of the football club. She is a phenomenal singer, can I just say? Like, oh, yeah. She is so good. I was like, is she famous? And then I looked her up and she has definitely been on the West End. But anyway, um, that's another nice little part. 
So yeah, long story short, very, very worth it. All right, we'll be back in just a moment for Reality Roundup. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at Podcast. And if you are enjoying the show, we would love it if you left us a five-star rating and review or spread the word by sharing a screenshot to your Instagram story and let the people know. You're listening to Pop Fix and it's time for Reality Roundup. Steph, can you please fill us in on The Masked Singer because... I've only been seeing little bits on social media and I need to know the whole picture. I can certainly do that for you. (laughs) Um, I hope the social media posts that you have been watching are the tweets that I have been dishing out from the PopFix account. I have been noticing people uh, liking them, such as Danny Minogue. Ah, it was the biggest achievement in my life. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so the biggest update, I would say, in the world of The Masked Singer is that we as a nation eliminated Grammy winner Macy Gray from the show and we should all hang our heads in shame. <laughs> Can I quickly yeah. ask, how do people get elim- Like, is it actually like we're not voting, obviously, because it's not happening? There's pe- is it the audience? There's, or? Yeah, there's fans, I'm pretty sure. They have like super fans that that vote, I believe. Oh, they, wow. That's how it, it seems to work. This and they sit on a Zoom. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Oh, I don't really... that's mm. very strange. Yeah. So maybe they oh, should wow. hang their heads in shame, not yes, us. Yes, it's not your fault. Yeah. It was honestly, <laughs> I don't know, mind-boggling. But, yeah, so on um, Sunday night it was revealed that Atlantis would not be progressing through the competition, even though Lightning absolutely should have been the one to leave, if you ask me, whatever. Um, but, yeah, once the mask came off, it was motherfucking Macy Gray. Which is huge. <laughs> Massive. Usher literally looked gobsmacked. I thought he was going to pass out. <laughs> wow. Um, Did you know that she didn't want to leave? Yes. They were like, yes, okay, that's... time to take your mask off. Yes, yes, I did yeah, read no. that. Apparently that was a thing. But, like, I kind of, I'm like, she's, like, 300 times more famous and accomplished than everybody else and on the show. bloody Ali Simpson or Jack Vigin takes it out. Yeah, I'm like, I understand that she would be like, really, bro? You're going to get rid of me? <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, that's true. I agree. Anyway, whatever. Because <laughs> um, I did I did notice when they called out her name that she looked visibly disappointed. She was not happy, yeah. Yeah, you could, you could see. And then, yeah, as you, know, you were saying, Marnie, Husey did um, speak about this aw- the awkward moment of Macy not wanting to leave the show and how it got kind of uncomfortable. But I'm team Macy Gray all the way, so nobody can talk smack about her around me. <laughs> Yeah, I love fair her. enough. I won't. <laughs> the other thing that I want to say about this is could they not have given Macy fucking Grey a better costume? Because she looked yeah. like she was wearing pool noodles as her outfit. <laughs> oh, no. I was just really underwhelmed. And I'm sorry, I'm sure the costume designers work really hard. But I just, they're not very good. Well, they probably put well, all their effort into the kebab with the smiley face. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, you have the kebab and then you have vampire. Like, vampire's costume is quite Exactly. Elaborate. What the fuck? Yeah. Why is there a kebab? <laughs> I love kebab. And a baby. The kebab yeah. is definitely Jack Vigeon. There is no way that that is not Jack Vigeon. Yeah, that's been pretty well established. Um, and, like, I don't watch the show and I watch one clip and, and he started like, singing and I'm like, that's that is him. Jack Vigeon. <laughs> 
there are there are a few people at this point where like you know audiences are pretty confident um about their identities but you know i have a little list that i've been compiling of who i think everybody is if anybody else has any guesses please let me know i just had the jack pigeon one which is what everyone on earth thinks (laughs) okay well the other one so the remainder of my guesses right like because i did and i'm gonna just kind of sorry shout myself out here and also but mostly my roommate because she kind of guessed it and i was like yeah that's right we did guess macy gray you look at the twitter look at the receipts we guessed that before it was announced so that's i feel like i do remember seeing your tweets suggesting that so i will give you that yeah ursula guessed it like a few episodes ago and it sounded changed it she changed it and i was like she sounded even more like macy gray this time (laughs) The last time it sounded like Mesa Gray, but it wasn't that good, the oh, performance. No. Oh, shit. Sorry, Macy. But anyway, um, we did guess that, so that was that was kind of exciting. Because she also does have a pretty recognisable voice, right? Anyway, sorry, yeah. I've just jumped back and forth a million times. But the, the other guesses that I have, Standing by Anastasia as Vampire, 100%. That is what I think. That would be exciting. Yeah. Um, although I don't think she's as famous as Macy Gray still. I'm like, I can't believe they got rid of the biggest artist. Yeah, that's pretty awkward. Anyway. Um, Anastasia fr- is huge if it's like the 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Her and her blue sunglasses were a yeah. big moment. Um, a friend of mine. Hi, Mia. She, um, she thinks that baby, maybe Kimbra. Oh, what? Mm. Really? Yeah, which I thought was an interesting guess. I've that also interesting. I've also seen people suggest that um, that she's Ellie Hooper of Killing Heidi. Oh, oh cool. Which would be cool. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I do think that Dolly may be M. Rosciano. Um, mullet. I don't. I don't know. But I was kind of like it could be Shane Warne or maybe Eric Banner. They're my kind of vibes for Eric that. Eric Banner would be fucking cool. Right? That would be a good get. Um, that would be great. But other people think that it might be Dylan Lewis, which is still cool. Less cool oh, than yeah. Eric Banner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he was like, oh, I guess Dylan's all right. Well, he's no Eric Banner. I mean, <laughs> come on. Yeah. But um, that's where we're at at the moment. I don't know. Summer, do you have any guesses? Um. Well, I, my full-on guess was Shania Twain and then last week you were like Anastasia and I'm a changed woman yeah. honestly <laughs> um, but yeah no I'm really stumped honestly I don't know it's hard I would really suck hard. at being a judge on this show I have to say um, but it is entertaining so we'll see and um, yeah hang out on the Popfix Twitter account with us if you're watching and give us some engagement, please. Thank you. <laughs> See some predictions come true. Yeah, I'll do my best. I try to guess correctly. <laughs> All right, moving on to a different show. Uh, this one's Married at First Sight. Um, goodness, I I hate this. But anyway, Married at First Sight's Joe Todd, who was married to James Suster on the show this year, took to Instagram last week to say that she had lost her job at a Melbourne barbershop. That's very sad because she wouldn't get vaccinated. Oh, well, I mean, oh. well, that's her decision. what you want. Yeah. 
she so, goes so she, she kind of forced her quit she kind of forced her fire upon herself yeah so she she shared a video and she goes i'm jumping on here to reach out to all my regular clients and to the mums with the kids whose haircuts i used to do in Karingle. i won't be i won't be going back to the shop anymore i never thought that i would lose my job over a vaccine she added she went on to add that she had set up her own barber space at her home where she would be happy to see clients regardless of their vaccination status um, and said the positive thing is that I've set up my own barber space so anyone that I used to cut or anyone who isn't getting the vaccine, please hit me up and I'll be happy to cut your hair. That sounds like a hot spot in the middle. I know, I was about to say, I don't know how legal that is, but <laughs> yeah. anyway. The new rules say that you aren't allowed to go to a barbershop without being vaccinated, so I am happy to take the vaccinated or the unvaccinated and still cut your hair. So please send me a message. But the rules say she's telling people to break the rules. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, She did not share her own vaccination status. However, in the video caption, uh, which did read, let's be kind, she also included the hashtag choice. She did open up to Yahoo Lifestyle afterwards saying that the video was blown out of proportion and says that she doesn't oppose the COVID vaccine, but says people who choose not to get the vaccine are being treated unfairly. I want people to know that I am not anti-vax at all. I do think it should be a choice. It's, I also think it's unfair how the unvaccinated are being treated for their own rights to, to not choose to get the vaccine. I just believe that everyone should have a choice with their own bodies and not come with rules. This post has blown way out of proportion. I won't discriminate. That's why I said I would cut the unvaccinated and the vaccinated. She has made the decision to wait a little longer to get the COVID vaccine, despite the national push for people to get the jab as soon as possible. I'm not saying I'll never get a vaccine. I'm just saying I'm, I'm just choosing to wait a little longer. Um, why? Look, wait for yeah, why? I don't really understand waiting to get the jab if you're going to need to do it to all to do all the fun stuff that life has to offer unless you medically I, can't I, yeah and i and I, I i get what she's saying like people should have the choice to the they should have the freedom to choose and yes of course they should but there are consequences and benefits when it comes to choice yeah and it's just the nature facing of facing the consequences it's the f- yeah it's just i don't know like the fact is is that in you know communities where there are lots of unvaccinated people the the virus has more of a chance to spread and grow and potentially mutate. So we should get it for the people that can't get it. Mm. Everyone who can get it should be protecting those that can't. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. You make your choice, but the thing is then there there are rules and that's just how it works. So you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. All right. A crew member of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here has been identified as the alleged COVID case that sparked a recent lockdown in New South Wales' north coast. The Sydney woman, who was fully vaccinated, allegedly visited several non-essential locations in Byron Bay and Kingscliff while infected and has since been charged. The 31-year-old was an authorised worker who was granted a travel exemption for her job, but it's alleged that she didn't follow health orders and failed to check into a number of locations using QR codes. Uh, the incident prompted three LGAs to enter a snap seven-day lockdown on Tuesday, including Byron Bay, Tweed and Kempsey. Uh, Queensland also tightened its restrictions where border residents can now only enter the state for limited essential purposes. The reality TV show's production company ITV Studios Australia has since confirmed that one of its crew members had contracted the virus. This discovery was made through the rigorous testing regime implemented by our COVID safe plan, they said in a statement. We are working with New South Wales Health to ensure all necessary steps are taken in relation to contact tracing, testing and further communication to anyone 
that needs to isolate. Now, following on from that, Love Island Australia might be cancelled because of the I'm a Celeb crew member. Mm. ITV Studios is the production company for both reality TV shows, and while I'm a Celeb has reportedly wrapped filming in the area, Love, uh, Love Island was just about to begin. Uh, the dating show, which only recently announced its premiere date as October 4, is now up in the air after the mayor of Byron issued a statement threatening to revoke filming permissions. Byronshire Mayor Michael Lyon issued a lengthy statement on social media on Wednesday saying that he is currently investigating the situation. I am looking into our options this morning to rescind council approval for the Love Island production from the same studios that brought I'm a Celebrity and COVID to the region, he began. He went on to explain that although he had insisted on a 14-day isolation period for cast and crew to be implemented, it would no longer be possible. It is worth noting that people coming here for work don't actually have to show a negative COVID test. This was thankfully part of the filming protocol that allowed this early detection, the mayor continued. The Channel 9 series, which is hosted by Sophie Monk, was estimated to pump around $5 million into the local economy. So, yeah, they're now working to ensure that the show can be shot in under 30 days because you don't need any council permission for any filming on a private on private land as long as it's under that time frame. Mm, okay. 30 days. Pretty crazy. 30 days to find love, guys. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty crazy. Uh, I don't think that there's any word yet on whether uh, their premiere date has actually officially been moved or what the go is there. Um, but, yeah, I know you guys are real hardcore I'm a Celeb and... Uh, Love Island Australia fans. So, yeah, Steph, what are we going to do? We will keep you in the loop. Thank you. Thank you kindly. All right, that is all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Pop Fix, your weekly fix of pop culture news. Please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you, if you could please leave us a five star rating and review, we would very much appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Pop Fix Podcast. And you can find us on Facebook if you search the same thing. and once again, guys, we'd love to see you sharing to your Insta stories. If you are listening, uh, show your friends what you're listening to. Uh, maybe they don't know about us yet. You know, sharing is caring. <laughs> Sam, where can we find you on Insta? You can find me at underscore Samarose underscore. And Steph. I'm at Stephanie too. And you can find me at Money Dixit. We'll be back in a week. Chat to you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.